Well, I'm excited this morning to continue this series we've been doing called Let There Be Light. Hopefully you guys have been enjoying what God's been speaking and doing in the midst of the season and in this series. First John 1, 5 says, the light shines in the darkness and darkness can never extinguish it. And I just love the, this concept because Jesus came to be the light of the world. I mean, we all know the Christmas story. We talk about the Christmas stories at Christmas, but the whole reason God came was to bring light in the darkness, to bring hope and joy and peace and all the things that God has in store for us here on this earth, that his kingdom would come, his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus himself said in John chapter 12, verse 46, I have, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Um, and I, I've just continually blows me away to think of the, the wisdom of Jesus and that part that always stands out to me. That there's a condition here. That if you put your trust in me, you won't remain in the dark, right? I love Jamie's analogy this morning of being in that, that bubble. I've had that same vision before of like, you know, no matter what darkness is out there, that there's light that can surround us and nothing, no darkness can penetrate that if we stay in the presence of God that way. And so we can remain, we will no longer remain in the dark if we put our trust in Jesus Christ to be who he says he is, whether we feel like it or not, whether following him produces the fruit in this life that we expect or not. We know that he is for us and that he wins by the end of the story, no matter what. And so we can have faith in him and walk this out with him and continue to give him whatever it is that we're experiencing, the burdens we're bearing, the, the battles we're facing. And so far in this series, we've talked about how we have a choice to let the light into our own hearts and our lives and how we find our identity in the light and how living in the light means that we get to be filled with God's love and filled with integrity, and how we want those things to be the evidence of the fruit that is produced out of living our lives in the light. Today's message is specifically called, Light Up My Heart. Light up my heart. One of my favorite passages in all of scripture. Um, I used to be a youth pastor when I, Sarah and I were, my wife and I were in North Carolina for a few years, and we uh, even themed a lot of our youth ministry around this passage and also Psalm 27. But Matthew chapter five, such a good passage here. 14 through 16 says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, it's placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise you. No, don't hear me. That's not what it says. So that, so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. All right, isn't that why we shine? Isn't that why we, are, we, we say yes to receiving Jesus' light in us so that we can shine out who he is? It's for his glory. It's for who he is. It's for what he wants to do. Jesus designed his light to be seen by others. And we get to be a reflection of that light. We get to shine that light out of who we are through our deeds, our love, and our humility. The Apostle Paul says this in Philippians chapter 2.15. He says, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Do you think that was only true a couple thousand years ago? I feel like that kind of fits with the world and the culture in which we experience here in 2021, even, even still to this day. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights. That's what we get to be in this world full of crooked and perverse people. Um, some time ago, someone in the congregation here at Crosspoint gave a vision to Pastor Kevin and wrote it down and just shared it with him. And 
We just thought that was so fitting for what we're talking about here today. I want you to listen to this. I'm going to read what they wrote. It says, this is a vision they had. It says, I found myself looking down on the earth. It was dark and lights glimmered all over the planet. The spirit said to me, what do you see? I could tell the spirit was asking for something specific. So I said, I see land and water and lights shining. The spirit explained, those lights are people. Those are my people and my light shines through them. Some are brighter than others, I said. Yes, the spirit replied sadly. It's not because my light is dimmer in them. There's something in them that blocks the light, the burdens of the past that they haven't let go, control they won't, won't relinquish, trust they will not give. So what do we do? How do we help them, I asked. Shine, the spirit replied. Show them a life surrendered to me, and you will show them my light through you. Isn't that so good? Just this concept of God's light shining through us. We shine brighter through our surrendered life to the Lord. And I love the concept too of like looking at how the light comes through. God's not giving less light to certain people. He's giving the fullness of who he is to those that put their trust in him. But then it's on us to be able to let release that light out of the inside of who we are, out of the integrity, out of God's love, out of all the things we've been talking about. It's on us to say, God, I open up every part of me to allow you to shine through me to this dark world. I want to read you a passage in Psalm chapter 112, verses 1 through 10, to explore what it looks like a little bit out of the scriptures to shine even brighter for the Lord. Listen to this. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. It's a cool moment to think of that scripture. Even when you're in darkness, the light, the source of light doesn't come from around you. It comes from within. It comes from the Lord. So even in the midst of darkness, the godly get to experience the light of God. This is they are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. The wicked will see this and be infuriated. They will grind their teeth in anger and slink away, their hopes thwarted. There's, there's an an awesome moment to, to recognize when we live in the light and we, we let God's light shine through us, people get to see that. And how do they see it? They see it in our generosity. They see it in our compassion. They see it in our righteous living. They see it in the trust that we choose to put in God, even in the midst of turmoil. They see it in the steadiness that we walk with because we don't get shaken by every storm. We, we continue to move forward with our eyes on Jesus. They see it in our faithfulness to God, no matter what. Now, these things are all great reflections of the light. But if you notice, it, it might be easy here to think, well, all these things are external. This is what I see from people on the outside. This is, this is great stuff, and I, I think we need to see that from believers who live in the light of God. But if we're not careful, we could get stuck putting our eyes too much on the outward actions 
rather than maybe some of the things that take place within. We need to be sure of even more than these things that there's a source of light that's coming from internal, that's coming from our hearts. And that's where everything that we do and every way that we live is birthed out of the light of God that lives within us, right? If we really want to, we can learn to fake the outward signs of the light of God at work. We can learn to portray and mimic godliness in our life. We can, we can put on the front, we can put on the masks and the, the, the facades of, of godliness that look like something we want people to see without potentially allowing a full and complete heart transformation on the inside, right? We can be like those Pharisees who look good outwardly, but Jesus even calls them whitewashed tombs because on the inside, there's nothing but death. Pastor Joe and I were talking about lighting and he's been getting into more videography things. So I have a picture, a couple pictures of him here this morning. Doesn't, doesn't Pastor Joe look good here today? Uh, he's been getting into videography and he's like, man, this, just, this message where he's preaching over in Jefferson today and, and uh, he was just talking to me about the things he's learning. He's like, yeah, when you're doing video, it's so important to have the right lighting because it can change how everything looks. And he showed me the difference between just normal room lights versus putting the extra spotlights on. And I think if I were watching a video, Pastor Joe, which is fun to do from time to time because he does some good videos, I'd rather see the visuals of that picture on the bottom because it looks clearer, it looks cleaner, it looks more appealing to the eye when you're doing video. But he was saying, man, that's, that's what we do, I think sometimes as believers. We talk, you know, I think we, we think about who's watching me and how do I shine the lights bright at me from the outside so that I look good, so that others see something good? But if we get stuck there, that could put on this facade that people don't really know what's, what's going on on the inside. It's got to be deeper than that. I, I, I even thinking in this concept of how we can sometimes get stuck trying to follow the Lord, but we could accidentally, you know, do this on the outside thing and be like the Pharisees. I was thinking about the passage in Matthew chapter 25, where it talks about these 10 bridesmaids and how important it is that they all, um, you know, there was, there was this need to keep a, a stock of oil in order to keep their lanterns lit through the night. So when the bridegroom returns, they would be able to have, have the light to be able to see and follow. But those that didn't have enough oil we're left without the light. And, and it doesn't matter how pretty our lanterns look on the outside. We need the oil. We need, some, we need the substance. We need the things on the inside that keep the light burning strong internally because that's what we'll need to be able to see and to follow our king truly. You know, we can act compassionate in order to get something out of a relationship with people. We can act righteous to pretend like we have it all together, but on the inside, stay stuck in pride. You know where I'm going with this? There's this dilemma that, 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 that we can face as believers. And I think the world and even believers, so many people have experienced hypocrisy from within the body of Christ. From pastors and leaders and friends who have gotten saved, the world has experienced the side of Christianity that doesn't look on the inside like it does on the outside. And it looks fake. And so people get stuck thinking, well, do I really need to go there? Will I really get what I need? That's what we as a church have to start to, to learn to do for ourselves is not to put on this front, but how do we, and I'm, I'm saying we individually first before we can even do it corporately, how do we look on the inside at what's really going on? 
How do we stop getting distracted by the appearances of things on the outside? Know that if we live the right way on the inside, God will work in us through, through that internal and overflow it to the external in the way where people will not only then see something that looks good, they'll know it's good because it's coming from that place of integrity like we talked about last week. Jesus warns us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. He says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Now, this doesn't say, hey, you should never do anything good out in public, and you should only do good things in private. It, it's that, that follow-up there, to be admired by others. What's the motivation? What's the intention? What are you going after when you do something good for the Lord? Are you doing it innocently for God, or are you doing something in order to get admiration and praise from people? Because you may get earthly rewards now from the praise that you get here if that's why you're doing it, but that will eliminate your eternal reward. We had a um, guy on our Whitewater campus telling Pastor Kevin a story about how um, he, was, he was doing something positive and someone was asking him about it. He's like, hey, don't steal my eternal reward. Like, don't, at, don't dig into why I'm doing this. Just let me do my things for God. This isn't for you to know. This isn't for others to praise me for. This is for the Lord. And I love that. You know, I can imagine, you know, if uh, the... Badgers or Packers or the Bears, I guess. Some of you guys are Bear fans, I've learned. We love everybody here. Yeah, there you go, Jason, in the back. Wow, do Jasons just normally like the Bears? Because her husband, Jason, in Jefferson Campus loves the Bears too. If, you, if the, a team we love is building a new stadium and we got to give in to that, you know, are we looking to get our name on the side of the building? You know, when it comes to the Lord, when it comes to our godly acts, are we looking for our, our compassion and our generosity and all those things to earn us something in return, earn us recognition in some way? Because if we are, we will get that reward, but that's all we will get, right? And that's not what God's looking for. He's looking for us to, to send all of our reward, all of our glory back to him so that he gets every ounce of it. Um, you're just talking about who we are on the inside and what this looks like. Dallas Willard said, a thief is not only someone who steals, but someone who would steal in the right situation. <laughs> Think about that. It's not only someone who steals, which means an action has been found out and there's outward evidence of something. No, it's someone who would steal in the right situation. A thief is someone who in their heart is set up for stealing if presented an opportunity. It's all about what's in our heart. It's all about our motives and our desires. And this is why Jesus made the religious people of his day, the leaders and the Pharisees, he made them furious because he was always exposing their hearts and getting at what's underneath and breaking down the facades that they had built up, making their, making their religiosity look foolish to the world because it wasn't weighted on, it wasn't built upon the foundation of the integrity of living for God within their hearts, right? He exposes adulterous desires and murderous hatred and judgmental attitude, things that can take place on the inside without even an action happening yet outwardly, right? That's what Jesus is getting at. He wants to transform our hearts so that even if we were presented with an opportunity in a bad situation, we would choose not to follow through because we don't want to sin. We don't want to live in darkness. That's what he's going after. What's going on inside? We just like the scriptures say in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 through 26, those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there, right? So that we can say, my sinful desires are dead. My evil passions are dead. And I don't know if you ever noticed before, but the dead aren't easily offended, right? 
We have to let the things die that we've been hanging on to, the, the things that have tempted us back into the sin that we maybe once lived with in our lives or the temptations that we find thinking about in our minds and in our hearts and say, God, I want those to go. I let those things die to give away all of the momentum that might get stirred up in me to be tempted into that if that situation ever arises. Lord, strengthen me inside so that, you know, I think sometimes we think being a Christian means I need to avoid any situation. Well, yeah, we should try to avoid really bad situations, but you won't avoid them all. This world is evil by nature. There's darkness in this world. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Take heart, I have overcome the world. So how do we put our trust in him and live for him in the light internally to the point where when we face bad opportunities, we will be empowered and strengthened by the Lord to be able to resist those things and choose him instead. Check out this credible verse here. First Timothy chapter one, verse nine, it says, the law was not intended for people who do what is right. It is for people who are lawless and rebellious, who are ungodly and sinful, who consider nothing sacred and defile what is holy, who kill their father and mother or commit other murders. If you think about it, the law, the law of God, I mean, the law in general, any sort of law, the law is not intended for those who don't want to break the law, wouldn't, wouldn't, want to, wouldn't even want to break that law, right? It's not for transformation purposes. It's for correction of rebellion because the law cannot change your heart. <laughs> it only scares you to prevent you from breaking that law and doing something really bad that will not only hurt you, but will hurt other people. Think about the speed limit, for example, right? How many of you guys see this speed limit around town? No, hopefully no one's doing that speed limit today, here this morning on their way into church. <laughs> the speed limit wouldn't be necessary if people didn't want to go faster than was safe. But people do. And it doesn't matter. I'm sure, I mean, if you've not noticed, people want to go faster than the number on the sign. People want to break those limits. They want to get to where they're going in a hurry. And so even though there's a law and there's a guideline put out there, there's things that, I mean, I mean not only have I seen like, police cars trying to help people out of the ditch this morning. You know, you guys know if you drive up and down 26, some of you who live around here probably even know the hot spots where they know where people are constantly breaking the law and they're pulling people over. But we wouldn't need this if people just didn't want to speed, didn't want to break the law. So the law is set up as a deterrent from evil, not an encouragement for righteousness. Hey, if we put that number on a sign, people are gonna really go, oh, that's cool. I wanna, I wanna slow down more often because that sign's there. And I think, and I know I get, you know, the cops want me to go slower. So that's starting to change my attitude, my heart. No, if it puts a little bit of fear in you to say, oh, I, I better be careful because I don't wanna pay this fine. And I don't wanna have this happen so many times that they threaten to take my license away. And you know, there's a bit of a fear to prevent you from doing something. It's a, it's a deterrent, not an encouragement. Listen to what happens here in Galatians 5. Let's go back a few verses from what we read earlier. If we don't let our sinful nature die, if we're not changed on the inside, look what happens here. Verse, starting in verse uh, 19 through 22, it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. I think we could, you could read any one of those things and think, yeah, I've seen that in my life. 
I've done some of that too, right? (laughs) Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. I want to pause there for a second. I want to be careful, make sure you realize we're not talking about salvation here. Oh, if if you get caught up in that, you're going to lose your salvation. You're not going to go to heaven. The Lord knows that when we give in to our sins and we walk in darkness here on this earth, it means we're not experiencing the freedoms that come with living in his light. We're talking about the experience of the kingdom of God here and now. Because, you know, the, one of the, the people hung on the cross next to Jesus said, hey, can I be with you? And can I go where you're going? He said, yeah, surely you'll be with me in paradise. And he had no chance to go live a, a righteous life and fix everything. He surrendered his heart to the Lord and in that moment was redeemed. And, it, you know, he put his trust in Jesus Christ. So we're not talking about, again, these outward things that prove we've lived this life. It's saying, Lord, I, I, wanna, I wanna live in such a way where I don't get sucked back into darkness. I wanna live in such a way where I don't fall into every pothole along the road that you've, you've set out before me. God, I wanna know how to avoid those potholes. I wanna know where that's at beforehand because I wanna live in such a way where I live in your freedom. I live in your life. I live in your light. And I want others to know how to do that. And I can, Lord, if, if you would... Use me as an example so that others can know how to do that as well. But do it for your glory all along the way. God, fill me with your light now. I want to experience your presence now. Because we can still give in, you know, the things listed in Galatians 5. We can still give in to these things as believers, right? Well, I know Jesus now, so now I don't have any more pain. I don't have any more trial and any more sin. And man, I'm just perfect and I do everything right all the time. That is not the case. And if you're ever looking for that in a church, you will be looking forever because it does not exist, right? Believers still get tempted. Believers still are are faced with making decisions every day. And sometimes we fail. Sometimes we mess up. It's not about shining the lights on and getting it to look all pretty so people don't see that. It's saying, hey, let me just be honest about it. Let, let me, we talked about that last week again, too, the integrity and the love that comes from living in the light. But the light leads us to repentance so we can keep shining. And the more we're transformed by the, by the way that we think and transformed inside in our hearts, the less we will stumble into those things because we will see them coming and we won't, we won't want to have anything to do with those things. Our, our, our desires will be, our sinful desires will be crucified on the cross of Jesus Christ. And now we'll, we'll replace those things with the desires of God's heart. And we will preemptively look to uh, make the right decisions when presented with a bad opportunity, right? That's what, we're, that's what God's looking for here. Romans chapter 12, verse two says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's saying, on the inside, you can be transformed. In your heart and in your mind, you can see the transformation take place so that you won't want to have anything to do with that anymore. It has to happen internally to be genuine. So when other people see it externally, it's true and it's real. And it shows them what it looks like to truly be surrendered and follow the Lord. There's a word that God has for the nation of Israel back in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 11. And I think reading this passage, we can see how it might apply for us today as well as believers in Jesus Christ who put our trust in him. Let me read this for you, starting in verse 18. Ezekiel chapter 11 says, When the people return to their homeland, 
They will remove every trace of their vile images and detestable idols. And I will give them singleness of heart, that unity together. I will put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart so they will obey my decrees and regulations. And then they will truly be my people and I will be their God. All right, God's looking to his people in that season saying, hey, can we get rid of all the things that have been set up in our hearts, all the things that have been put in place that have taken the place of worship of God, that have, that have been, you know, I think, how many of us try to control our lives and control the circumstances we're facing and we're looking for our life to look a certain way for everything to be okay, but God's saying, I can deal with that. Let me have that. Bring everything to me. Let me lead you. Let me be your light. Let me be your Lord. I even think sometimes as believers, because we want to honor God so much, we can sometimes take things in our own hands. I think about even, the, even that vision you're sharing this morning, Jamie. I've had visions of light and good and all that too. I think even, even as believers, we, sometimes God will give us these awesome visions of the spiritual and what he's doing and light versus dark and all that. Sometimes I think we can take it in our own strength to put on our armor and go to battle and tear down idols and kill demons and fight this battle for God saying, I need to be the victorious one and I need to do this for God's sake and all that. Sometimes God's saying, can you take your armor off? Can you give it to me? And put my armor on, but do it, do it in a way where you, you let me lead you. I'll show you along the way where there's an idol to tear down or there's a demon to fight, but can you make your, your higher priority to lift high the name of my son, Jesus? Because when you let the light in, darkness has to flee. But if you're always distracted, fighting off the darkness, and that's what you're focused on, you may lose sight of what I want to do in you personally in that moment. And that's what I think of if, if my life, if my heart is like this house full of rooms and doors and windows, I don't want to go scurrying into every corner of darkness trying to figure out what's there and kill it and fight it. I say, God, I want to open up every window. I want to open up every door and I want to let your light in. And there may be something that's refusing to go and you're going to have me be a part of cleaning house. But more often than not, God, when I let the light in and it shines in that dark corner, whatever was hiding there, it wants to go anyway. It doesn't want to have anything to do with your light. So as believers, can we do that in our hearts? Can we do that internally in every part of who we are? Get vulnerable and surrender ourselves to the Lord in such a way where we let him have all of who we are first before we go out and, and try and uh, paint the outside of the house and deal with all the other stuff. It's like God in. God cares more about the light that shines within than how perfect we can make things look on the outside. You know, it's easy to spot vile images and idols in others and in the world around us. <laughs> but are we ready to remove those things from our own hearts? Am I ready to admit that, Lord, I may have some idols inside? In my heart and my mind and my thoughts, my expectations. I'm, Lord, I might have some things that need to go. Am I willing to remove that from myself? Am I, am I Lord, longing for you to, to have a bride that is spotless, not to the appearance, but to the true nature, right? How many of you guys, you can, uh, your kids will spill something on the carpet and you can wash off the stain on the, uh, on the top part, but if you ever remove that carpet, you're gonna see the stain that's soaked to the bottom. It's still, it could still be under there. Can we, can we allow God to rip up what's been stained and have it and do what he wants within us, to have the fullness of who we are. 
It's God desires for our good deeds to shine out for all to see so that he gets the glory, so that he gets the praise. But our light will be dim if it's just a reflection of what we've uh, been putting a, a front on on the outside and if it's not coming from the inside of our hearts. So this morning as we go back to shoveling and snow blowing and getting ready for, you know, whatever it looks like to go back to work this week, go back to school this week, live our lives every day, the, the routines that we've developed. Can we regularly come to this place of confessing and repenting whatever it is that's been in there and letting God have it? And letting his light transform us from the inside out so that our light will shine bright for this world to see because it needs his light so desperately. And when the world sees the light of God and the true integrity, love-filled version of what God's done on the inside of you, they're going to want to know what it is. They're going to want to know what's different. And they're going to want what you have. And they're going to long for that light to fill them up and guide their lives as well. We can be part of changing this world if we're ready to let the light in. If we're ready to surrender everything to the Lord and to ask him, Lord, will you light up my heart and start with me? Start on the inside first. Start with my motives and my desires, my expectations, my every part of who I am. Do it in me first, God. Let me pray for you before we um, have, hear some announcements and end our service today. Father, thank you that you love us so much that you've made every sacrifice necessary on your part to open up the opportunity for us to receive your love to choose you, to put our trust in your son, Jesus Christ, through his coming to earth, his, his leadership and ministry here on this, in this world, his death, burial, resurrection, his ascension to heaven, sending us the Holy Spirit who now lives inside of us if we believe in you, O oh God. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done and thank you for what you have yet to do. God, shine your light. We open our lives up to you. We open our hearts and our minds up to you. Have your way, God. Expose in us any stubbornness and pride, any fears and unbelief. God, expose all of the things that are there. And thank you for not condemning us for those things existing. But in our repentance and in our honesty of integrity of heart, God, thank you in advance for your willingness to take those things and guide us forward to shine your light from within so that, Lord, we can be uh, those that bring you glory first and then represent you in this world so you can get even more glory from those that want to know you more through the ways that we live. We love you, God. We praise you, and we pray all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.